The obesity epidemic, certainly due to changes in the American lifestyle manifest by overeating and lack of exercise, but could it be also due, at least in part, to an infection? What is the support for this seemingly outlandish theory, and what are the implications for our patients? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, your host, and with me is Dr. Richard Atkinson, Emeritus Professor of Medicine and Nutritional Sciences at the University of Wisconsin, editor of the International Journal of Obesity, and the director and owner of Obitech Obesity Research Center in Richmond, Virginia. Thank you so much for being with us, Dr. Atkinson. Thank you for having me. Dr. Atkinson, what is the data behind the idea that there are viruses that might cause obesity in humans? Well, we have been working on this for about 10 years now. There are about 15, 20 papers published. It turns out that a human adenovirus called adenovirus 36, there are over 50 human adenoviruses. This was the 36th one that was discovered. We have inoculated this virus up the nose of chickens, mice, rats, and monkeys, and they get fat. The interesting thing is 100% of the monkeys got fat. So if you get this virus, you get fat. We've done two human studies. We've looked at over 500 people in three U.S. cities, New York City, Madison, Wisconsin, and Naples, Florida, and we found that 30% of obese people with a BMI above 30 had been infected and 11% of the non-obese, but any way we slice it, infected people, whether they're obese or non-obese, are heavier than their counterparts, Mm -hmm. than the uninfected. And we also looked at twin pairs where one had been infected and one had not. And the infected twins, on average, were heavier and fatter than their uninfected. Hmm. We've also done studies in vitro showing that this virus attacks the fat cell directly and turns on the enzymes that make fat. And it also turns on enzymes and differentiation factors that actually make new fat cells from the fibroblast and adipose tissue. So that sounds fairly compelling to me. We have some data where you've actually inoculated animals and they've gotten fat, particularly 100% of all the monkeys, very close to a human subject. You've got some observational data from twins as well as the three-city study. And then we actually have a mechanism that has been shown to be in effect causing this. Right, and we've even identified the viral gene that appears to be involved. We can block it, and it blocks the effect. We can cut out the gene and stick it in another virus, and it causes the effect. And at this point, are we still talking about it just being a bench concept, or are there some possible clinical manifestations? Well, as I said, from the animal data, 100% of the monkeys got fat. Mm -hmm. So apparently, if you get this virus, you will get fat. So there's a couple of different things that we might think about. Now, I have to declare a little bit of conflict of interest because I actually am providing the lab test Mm -hmm. if someone wants to see if they've been infected. This is a very labor-intensive and time-consuming tissue culture test to determine if a person has got antibodies. If they've got antibodies, they've been infected. But not a simple blood test. This is uh, No, it's not simple at this point, unfortunately. We're trying mm-hmm. to make a better blood test. The analogies that I use are, for example, a cholesterol test or a, an HIV test. If the doctor says, 
your cholesterol is elevated, you can say, okay, I'll have a heart attack in 10 years and die, or you can watch your diet, do your exercise, take statin drugs, and hopefully put it off. Mm -hmm. Or if the doctor says you've got HIV, you can say, okay, I'll just die in two years. Or you can take the various AIDS drugs and Magic Johnson is going on 20 years. Yeah, yeah. So Mm -hmm. if not so much if you're already obese, but if you're not obese and you take this test and it's positive, you know two things. One, you're almost certainly going to get fat. Mm-hmm. because that's what the data show. But secondly, you can block that. We've got some data that show that individuals who have been infected respond better to weight loss treatment, whether they're monkeys or humans. We've got a couple of different experiments. So it raises some hope that it might be actually easier to prevent those people from gaining weight if they watch the diet, watch their exercise, And I like the idea of using obesity drugs, things like fentramine, sibutramine, oilistat. Those drugs are not very effective. They don't cause a great weight loss if you're trying to treat an already fat person. Mm -hmm. But there have been a lot of papers that suggest they're pretty good at preventing weight gain. And the whole prevention business is what you want to do. It's a lot easier to prevent the obesity and any, any kind of obesity than it is to treat it once it's already present. Were there some people in your studies who had ADNO 36 and were not obese? Well, we did. In the study of 500 people from the three cities, we found that 30% of obese people, but only 11% of non-obese. Now, the question is, does everybody who gets infected get fat, or are there people who genetically or otherwise don't get fat? Mm -hmm. Or the other possibility for the 11% is they just caught the infection recently and haven't had time to get fed, <laughs> and we don't know. Mm-hmm. We do know that it takes quite a long time. This, interestingly, in the animals at least, food intake is not different in the infected than the uninfected, but gradually it appears, and there's a little bit of evidence that Dr. Nikhil Durander has found, that it alters the metabolic rate, and it also probably alters the fuel mix so that you're not using fat as well. At any rate, the increase in obesity is slow, and actually, at least the animals, put on fat at the expense of muscle. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, and I'm joined by Dr. Richard Atkinson, Emeritus Professor of Medicine and Nutritional Sciences at the University of Wisconsin, and we are discussing adenovirus 36 and how it might contribute to or cause obesity and what we might be able to do about that. Dr. Atkinson, did you say those individuals who have been infected do seem to respond a little bit better to interventions? Yeah, we've got uh, a couple of studies. We actually haven't published them yet, but it looks like that individuals who have been infected are sort of hypersensitive to stimuli to lose weight. So they respond a little bit better to obesity drugs, and uh, at least monkeys respond a little bit better to diet. Or actually, the humans respond, males at least, respond dramatically better. In terms of what are we going to do in the future, which I think is really important, we're looking and other people are looking to try to find antivirals. There has been one paper published by Dr. Durander down at the Pennington Center in Baton Rouge 
showing that an antiviral that's used against AIDS, it's a particularly toxic antiviral compound, but it, in vitro at least, blocks the virus from affecting the fat cells to make them accumulate fat. So the proof of concept is there. We're going to need to look at some other things, obviously. Better tolerated uh, Better tolerated. I mean, in every case, prevention is better than treatment. So we have, at this point, a crude vaccine that I don't think I'm going to try to do this in humans, but I'm working on a better vaccine. And if we can vaccinate, obviously children, I suppose, so that they don't get the virus in the first place, then that would be the best of all possible outcomes. And then short of that, I could certainly see a program of testing for this like cholesterol, and then those who are positive would get more intensive lifestyle interventions and possibly the medications you were talking about. Yeah, I think it's important to point out, though, that if a person is already massively obese or has major obesity, they've made new fat cells. Mm-hmm. When you get fat, for whatever reason, you make new fat cells. Once you make a fat cell, it takes a long time to go away. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what we may be able to do for the person who's moderately overweight is prevent them from getting fatter mm-hmm. with our treatment, but we may or may not make them lose weight. Obviously, the standard treatments of obesity, whether it be diet, uh, exercise, drugs, or or obesity surgery, we expect would work and maybe even work better. Mm -hmm. But once a person is obese, I'm not sure an antiviral is, uh, I just don't know, but I'm a little skeptical that an antiviral is going to make them lose a lot of weight. It will probably just keep them from gaining more. Given the burden of obesity in so many ways in terms of illness, cost to society, etc., prevention is very, very appealing Let me turn this around for you. Has anybody looked at this, say, in cachectic individuals as a way of building them up? No, I would feel a little bit uncomfortable because, as I mentioned earlier, when we infect animals, they don't increase their food intake. They get fatter, so they increase their body fat anywhere from 50 to 150 percent, but some of that is at the expense of muscles. Mm-hmm. They don't gain as much weight as you would expect because, and these, for the most part, were growing animals, they don't add as much muscle, they add more fat. So that's not necessarily what you want to do. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be a healthy way to put on weight in a patient with cancer or HIV or some other illness. Is there ongoing research looking for additional viruses? We've been focusing mostly on adeno 36. Tell us what's going on looking for other viruses. Right. Well, we have also found that human adenovirus 37 causes obesity in chickens. Now, we looked in people, and a very small percentage of people have been infected with AD37, have antibodies to AD37. So our thought is that that's probably not very important at this point. There are also some qualitative differences in the syndrome, the obesity syndrome, that the AD37 does from AD36. So that may or may not do anything. There's a group in England that has looked at human adenovirus 5 and shown that that causes obesity in mice, but there haven't been any human studies on that. Very good. Well, this is a fascinating topic to me as a primary care doctor as a possible new way to, if not treat obesity, but to be better about preventing it and lessening some of the 
terrible health burden of obesity in our society and, and globally. For those of you who may be interested, Dr. Atkinson has written a very excellent review in the Mayo Clinic Proceedings, October 2007. It's concise and very informative. And any parting words that you'd like to leave with us treating doctors that we should be watching for as we go forward? Well, just one thing that I always like to say, when we infected the animals, the actual virus disappears after a few weeks. So you can't catch the virus from a fat person. If somebody's already gotten fat, the virus is long gone. You really got to watch the skinny people with a cold. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you again, Dr. Atkinson. I'm thrilled that you were with us to discuss this very interesting topic. This has been the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Thank you for listening.